Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, we've got a great show for you, as I always say, because we always bring great artists on. And we have Taylor Lynn, and I won't even say who she is, because I let her do all that talking. But anyway, Taylor, are you here? I Barely, Chris and Sandy, barely. <laughs> uh, we understand, yeah. yes. And everything just keeps happening. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we've had power outages here and storms, mm-hmm. and, you know, of course, the corona. So the world's taking us down, but we're going to prevail. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> but did, did you did you see the article? That, uh, I seen an article that um, starting next Monday, now this could be good news, that next Monday that the bars that serve food and restaurants can open at half capacity. Watching a little bit, you know, I don't know. I don't really pay too much attention because I don't. It, it feels like they'll say one thing and another thing will happen. In our little town, you're allowed mm-hmm. to open up, but nobody is. So I mean, it's who knows what's going to happen. I guess we'll just keep eating at home and and figuring it out. I mean, I look like the Loch Ness monster right now or something. So. I'm I'm ready to get back to the salon. Because <laughs> here in Georgia, we're, <laughs> here in Georgia, for the most part, we're we're open again now. Yes, within the past oh, week all or the so. way. Yeah, Pretty okay. much, with the with the exception of like the bar, I think the bars and stuff like that will open next week. But with the exception yeah, of like week. bars and, and entertainment, we're pretty much open as long as businesses do the social distancing for people. Yeah, well, and I saw, I did see just now that our mayor said that, of Nashville, said that they'll start phase one on Monday of trying to reopen all the other stuff. So we'll just see. I, who knows? So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think Georgia was the first one to kind of fully open. I mean, not fully open, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean, that first phase. Partially. And, um, well, you guys and, got um, some flag for that, didn't you? Didn't your um, governor get some? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I oh, think I got a lot of work. Yeah. Some, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, but, you I know think what? I remember here's seeing the, actually a lot about that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Here, here's the way it, this is probably going to go. If we don't have to reclose, he looks like uh-huh. a great person. If we have to mm-hmm. reclose, he looks like a really bad person. So it's going to be all depends. Because, you know, again, nobody really knows what's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of believe that. I mean, because, again, I think so, a lot of people are missing the boat on the other side of it. There are people in, it's to stay afloat. So if they say, That's I don't know terrible. what to do. What, what, they're like, what are we supposed to do? We've got about another week or two of money, and that's it. And they're like, what do I do? Yeah. And I yeah, think that, and that's, well, the, <laughs> and that's the side that's of people. That's a talk radio for like Dave Ramsey. I don't know what to tell you. I have, I ain't got a nick of information for nobody as to what they should do. Is that, that mm-hmm. is for sure. That's, that's I mean, how I'm we are. I mean, I'm praying for everybody. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. Yep. Yeah. We, we just don't, we just don't know what's going to happen. And, and again, I think that's the side of it that some people are not paying attention to because um, when you look at, uh, we don't want to become a third world country either. No. Mm-hmm. And yep. but, you know, we'll see. Only time will tell. You know, we'll see if Georgia yep. made the right choice. I hope Georgia did, 
because if Georgia made the right choice, then that will make other states be able to open up, and maybe we can get through this. <laughs> right. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. as we get started here, so as we get started here, tell us, yep, tell us, tell everybody who you are, um, where you're from, and a brief overview of you. I always like to uh, let the artists kind of tell that side of their story. Just oh my a, God, a, Chris, that's like you huh? know I'm walking into therapy for the first time. Um, my name our is, show is therapy. Our, ther- our show yeah, is therapy. Right. Well, I host therapy <laughs> sessions all the time. I got people paying for it. Good God. Um, well, my name's Taylor Lynn, and I'm assuming you're asking who I am. My grandmother's Loretta Lynn, and my aunt's Crystal Gale. And they've given me this beautiful platform to do their songs. And I'm also in a duo with Conway Twitty's grandson. And we're called Twitty and Lynn. So we are um, traveling around the world, not right now, uh, but let's not get back on the corona again or Chris might never get off of it. We won't know what to do with him. Um, That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Sandy. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and I live outside of Nashville on the Loretta Lynn Ranch, and it's funny, you know, I didn't do a ton of Loretta Lynn mm-hmm. stuff until after I had kids, mm-hmm. and now it's oh, all wow. I do. You know, I've been on the road with Meemaw, <laughs> Loretta, uh, on and off my whole life, and of course, I, you know, I've always done a small tribute in my shows with her, of her, and sang with mm-hmm. her on the road, but now I'm living on the Loretta Lynn Ranch. I do just Loretta Lynn tributes. I'm making a record next week in Texas with um, Heart of Texas Records, a Loretta Lynn tribute. <laughs> And so it's oh, wow. kind of everything is I'm so grateful to um, have her support. And, to, I mean, you know, I just mm-hmm. tell her all the time, thank you. Thank you for letting me do this. Because if she didn't mm-hmm. let us and if Conway Twitty's family didn't let Trey, we couldn't do the duet thing. So we're just we're yeah. flying in gratitude. It's so fun. That's really cool. Uh, and it's great, you know, that you're part of this family that's kind of a legacy family. And we've had several legacy kids and grandkids on the show so it excites us to see what's going on because we want country music to be country music we do yes, yes. <laughs> and and we know that you're going to continue that legacy in that tradition and that excites us well thank you yeah you know i'm a big fan of classic country music it's in my mother raised me on well you know i grew up in the 80s and so my mom raised me on that good 70s and 80s country music, and a lot of that was Meemaw, and a lot of it was Conway Twitty. Mm-hmm. And and so I love that. So it's really easy for me to sing that stuff naturally because it's mm-hmm. actually what I like. I mean, I'm listening to the Judds and, you know, old George Strait. And so that's a Merle Haggard. So that's really – and then Heart of Texas Records, you know, is old artists like um, – Mona McCall and Daryl McCall and mm-hmm. Tony Booth and, and Dotsie and all these like super cool older artists that I just crave <laughs> listening to them. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. Good stuff. So what's something quirky about you? Oh, I mean, that's just all I am. I mean, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I, anybody that's, 
Um, oh, my publicist says she's listening, and I keep cutting in and out of your podcast. I'm sorry. I don't know why. Hmm, I'm, um, um, we're hearing you fine. Yeah, it, it sounds um, good still on our end. Jasmine, it could be your fault, girl. Um, I would say everything's quirky about me. You know, I'm really loud and outspoken, and I say everything that's on my mind. And I'm a recovering mm. alcoholic and addict, so in that... <laughs> I find other ways to act crazy. Yeah. And so everybody <laughs> yeah. from the stage to the podcast to my mm-hmm. husband probably the quirkiness is probably not what he loves the best. So I kind of do it with the kids, mm-hmm. but I save it up for everybody on the road and my flash clubs and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're talking about recovering alcoholic. I went through 19 mm-hmm. years of addictions myself until God, I felt like God healed me over 12 years ago from all that. And my wife went through hell our first five years of marriage um, because of that. But, you know, she never put me down. She never nagged me. She never did. It. She always uplifted me um, to the point of where she was like, we can still do all this. We can do this. We can do that. You know, she, she always believed in me when I didn't believe in myself through those addictions. And I can remember when we tell our story sometimes, sometimes we'll say, you know, she allowed you to walk over her. And I have to stop now that she actually didn't. She allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. It's a big difference. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't, yes. I would not be alive if she didn't do that. That's wonderful. There's a, amen, brother. That's so great. And, and you know, through God and, and his children, you know, our brothers and sisters, who, whoever they are, everybody, mm-hmm. we get help and we get saved and we have to follow that light for sure. And, I mean, without Jesus, there is no way I'd be seen in here. And my, <laughs> you know, my women, my sisters in sobriety. And, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, Cumberland Heights and Nashville, and, and I had to go to rehab a few times. Um, and so it's mm-hmm. those places, too, and it honestly takes me um, still today you know, doing, doing, um, getting together with other recovering alcoholics a, a few mm-hmm. times a week to make sure that my character defects are in check and I'm not blaming everybody else and building up a big old yeah. list of resentments and, mm-hmm. and yeah. sitting in self-pity. So it's, um, it's an ongoing process. You know, I've been in and out of recovery since I was 19 and I'm just now, you know, hitting six years. And so it's crazy. I was sober for Almost nine mm-hmm. years, and I relapsed, and I've been sober oh, well. again for no. I'm sorry, seven years. It'll be seven years. So, mm-hmm. so you know, we just keep on keeping them. That's good, though. That, That's it. You know, that again, you know, <laughs> staying focused there. You know, the good thing is staying focused because again, you know, and, and some people, you know, been 12 years sober completely, no issues. Some people think I'm lying, and Sandy will be the first to tell you because because I've had some people say, well, you weren't really addicted. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and Sandy will be the first to tell them I am not the same person uh, now oh, as yes, I was those first five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge difference. Oh, I mean, you have to have a, a change of mind, body, and spirit for sure. I mean, what do they say? Um, if you have a drunk uh, horse thief, if you sober up a drunk horse thief, you still got a horse thief. So we got to change the horse <laughs> yeah. thief, right? We can't, we can't yep. steal anymore. We can't. Mm-hmm act out anymore you know i'm in this um process right now where we're talking about you know i can't be uncomfortable mm-hmm. just to make you comfortable and so yeah. it's, it's kind of doing yeah. that self-worth work and 
and trying to um, get right with God and get right with yourself and do the next right mm-hmm. thing in order to be a better person. And I mean, it's, I, it goes with this work, you know, my music too. I mm-hmm. have really followed my gut with this record mm-hmm. deal with Heart of Rexus, Heart of Texas Records and following them and loving those people. And they're a small record label, you know, it's not it's not anything big, but it's the first time that I've ever gone, you know, God, what lead me, help me, show me which way to go. And I really stepped out and took this record deal, was so happy and the kids mm-hmm. and I are loading up and we're gonna go make this record and I've never been more at peace about something, about doing it. And That's it's a full on Loretta Lynn tribute. So it's gonna be so fun, and I'm doing old songs like uh, Raising Black Eyed Peas and Blue Eyed Babies, and you know, you know, album oh, well. cuts. Yeah. That a lot of people have heard, so I'm really fired up about it. So at this point in your life, what drives you to keep this thing going? Oh, man, it's a lot of things. Um, well, if, you, if we just kick it off, let's just say we kick it off with the recovery aspect, the recovering alcoholic mm-hmm. and addict. It is the yeah. thing that lights the flame for me in my heart, you know? And so if I'm not doing that, I feel an emptiness. And so mm-hmm. I believe that God has given me the gift of music and the platform mm-hmm. that he's given me so that I can continue to do that. So I, I put the effort in that. And then my children, you know, they, I love that I get to support my family by doing music. Like, how cool is that? And I just love it. I mean, it never feels like work unless I'm, like, in Canada for three weeks in the snowstorm. Then I'm like, what in the world am I doing here? <laughs> but, you know, otherwise, it's really mm-hmm. usually beautiful. And then doing the um, the stuff out on my grandmother's ranch, I love being able to maybe connect people through social media to the ranch and to what mm-hmm. Mimal's got going on right now. And, you know, she allows me to get on her, her Facebook and Instagram from time to time and that's been like such a gift to me because I've gained her fan, you know, uh, some of her fans, yeah. definitely not good Lord. She's yeah. got billions, but I've been able to gain <laughs> some of hers and, um, you know, like I got 30,000 where she's got 3 million on Facebook. But um, <laughs> It's just, you know, I feel like um, also a responsibility too to not mm-hmm. stop, to not quit letting yeah. the younger people, you know, when I lived in Seattle, a lot of people didn't know, even who she was that was, you know, a little oh, bit wow. younger. And so, yeah, so I tour a lot out there, and it's just important to me to, not that it takes me, she's her own, but I, I love being a small part of sharing her story. That is and awesome. then I'm allowed you know, to what, do it, that I get to do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome there, you know, that yeah. you get to do this. Like like um, oh. part of my drive for all this, too, is, you know, we it has to do with, like you said, the addictions, but also the marriage, you know, because we feel like we're being led eventually to do a marriage ministry. We're writing marriage books and stuff like that. So I get to tell parts of our marriage story with each guest, which is cool. And, of course, everybody gets to hear that. So I'm kind of living that drive out too because, because, again, I want other married couples, no matter how far down the ditch they are, to know that they can come back and be stronger than ever. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, in my addiction, I ruined my marriage. And my husband, you know, he took our 
first son and left and mm-hmm. said, you're a loser. And through the grace of God and all the work and effort that I put in it and he put in it, you know, we're sitting here with a four-year-old son and a 30-acre farm and in seven weeks oh, of well. quarantine together without a fight. I mean, so it, it's a miracle, people. It is a miracle. But I am ready to go on a road trip by myself. I'm like, I'll see y'all later. This is too much. I'm trying and I'm being nice, but it's cute. You know what's funny is everybody's right now living what Sandy and I have lived for 17 years. We've been a 24-7 couple for 17 years of marriage. We just don't. Well, did I miss that apart. Sandy was your wife? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. My wife. Married 17 years. That honey, that's where that mm-hmm came in then. That's right. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Well, I heard that I heard you say that he had changed so much, but I thought, well, they've just been. I actually thought, well, they've been doing this maybe for a long time, but yes, y'all have. <laughs> oh yeah. Lord, so you yeah, have a little more than yeah. <laughs> Oh God, bless your heart, girl. Bless your heart. <laughs> and so Sandy is who helps you. Out of the dark. I thought you were just talking about your yep. wife, and I didn't realize Sandy was on there. Well, Sandy, that's beautiful. It takes y'all, you know, God, y'all go you. through more than than the a human should have to with us crazy people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and, and of course, excited, even though, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, God and, gave me strength during that time period. They keep uh-huh. hanging on, and we're still here. Oh, good. you know what? You know what's funny is through the 17 years of marriage, um, I'm one of them that likes to talk if you can't tell already. Um, he does. Especially uh, through, about through Corona. The 17... <laughs> Anything, yeah. <laughs> Any subject but, but, like that. But through the 17 years of marriage, um, when we'd be out and about, I'd run into people. And I'm not talking about running into friends. I'm talking about strangers. And it, oh, it's yes. the conversation, and all of a sudden we start talk, talking. Sandy knows right then. We're there for 60 minutes. See, our, we, we're five At minutes least. in the conversation, and she knows we're in 60 minutes minimum. And she would roll her eyes some many times back years ago. But we, and I've done this probably thousands and thousands of times in 17 years of marriage. And the funny part is we had no idea back then as we've grown to where now we would be doing a show that averages 60 minutes where we all just talk. Mhm. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, I was preparing him for for talking. There you go, girl. And you too, though. Cause yeah. I I have to keep pushing her up a little bit because she's really shy. I'm sure you can tell. Um, but she was way shyer when we first met. I was. Andy, you sound you sound good to it. me, girl. You is worthy and valuable and smart, and you are doing a great yep. job. Oh, I appreciate yep, that. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't so what, do what I what do without her. What else we gonna talk about? Well, yeah, boy, you doing a good job. You doing a real good job. <laughs> so, what are when you look back on your career so far? What are some moments where you're like, "Wow, I got to do that." Oh gosh, a couple things stand out immediately when you say that. We got to play Madison Square Garden with uh, my oh, wow. trio, Stealing Angels. That was a huge deal. It was. Professional Bull Riding Association, the PBR was there. Mm -hmm. And so 
they filled the entire Madison Square Garden with dirt and cowboys. So that was mm-hmm. right up our alley, honey, and bulls. <laughs> and the other one was um, I just sang the opening of the Nash- the Nashville Songwriters Association. I sang Coal Miner's Daughter for Meemaw, mm-hmm. and then Reba McIntyre came on right after me and sang You Ain't Woman Enough. So oh, wow. just opening that <laughs> whole award show at the Ryman Auditorium this year. Those are two of the ones that I'll never forget, for sure. And Meemaw being there with me and with her mm-hmm. date, Kid Rock, you know, on the side on the sidelines <laughs> watching. And when I came off, she said, honey, that sounded just like me out there. So I'll never forget <laughs> that it. That is awesome. Wow. And, and, you know, I always like to flip the script. When we, you know, we talk about some great things and some good things and some great moments, I like to go the other way too because I think mm-hmm. a lot of times fans, they don't, they don't really get to hear the negative side of music, the, the, the side that – the struggle side, the sacrifice side. And I'll tell a little story to guide us into this is where I want this to go. Back in 2014, okay. we interviewed Alice and Steele from Two Steel Girls, and one of the questions I asked her back then – was what advice would she give up-and-coming artists? Because they were full-time with music at, at that point in their life. And she said, um, she said this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, once you go full-time, it's a game-changer. She goes, it may be your passion, but now it's your job. She goes, you could have the worst day ever today, but if you got a gig tonight – you got to smile like it's your best day ever. So there's so many masks you have to wear. We, the struggles, the, the whole family has to sacrifice, not just the artist. She said, but if your heart won't allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only way that these sacrifices become worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit. Uh, I love what she said, and I think that so many people would agree with that. That's, that is awesome, and I um, can see where so many people would agree with that. I think what is different for me is that I started out with mm-hmm. my grandmother. So yeah. I started out watching Coal Miner Stock <laughs> always, <laughs> um, and sort of knowing what it was like what it could be like what I wanted it to be like and it was already a Mm -hmm. full-time job for my grandmother so it never was like I might do something else there never was any (laughs) single other thing I would ever do and so there it didn't matter and yeah I I really caught on the word masks and if I'm having a bad day I don't care if the audience knows I'll share that with them and I think that maybe Mm -hmm. is what makes me a little bit of a different performer yeah. is that I'm not just a singer. I mean, I'm also a quote unquote, I don't want this to sound weird, but a personality. So I don't just, I really try to be raw and open. And of course it's a sacrifice to leave my family and, and not be with them for a long mm-hmm. periods of time. And I'm not sure I'm going to do that anymore either, but it's also different, you know, because I'm out there, I, I'm not really doing, um, I don't know. I I can see where people would agree with her, but it's yeah. always been full time for me. It's always been a job for me, and I think that your job mm-hmm. can I, that old saying: if it feels like a job, then it's not. Duh, duh, duh. I mean, I think it can <laughs> feel like a freaking job and still be art, yeah. and still yeah. be your yeah, passion, exactly. and still be your heart. But I understand what she's saying, where it would you know it begins to feel like a 
Job, I, I just don't agree with that, but I love what she said, and I know many, many people that feel that way. And I, and for me, it, yeah. it never has felt like that. Um, yeah. And I never put a mask on. So that's exactly. that's recovery, too. You know, I mean, maybe I used to, I used to lie about my age and have an eating disorder and, you know, <laughs> oh, be wow. a maniac. But now today, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, Yes, I'll come sing coal miner's daughter and tell you a story about mm-hmm. me, Ma, and then go home. I mean, so it's different, too. You know, I'm not trying to get to the top of the charts anymore, either. Yeah. So it's all relative, and, like what you're doing. What is your goal? Mm-hmm. You know, my mm-hmm. goal and, and is you know, to be a career. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And we've noticed that with a lot of the artists who have the legacy parents and grandparents type thing to where their goal Almost everyone's goal is not to be at the top. Their goal is to live a good lifestyle with the music. Well, I think they see what, how much our grandparents have sacrificed. You know, if you ask my grandmother mm-hmm. today, what is one thing she would have done differently? She'll tell you, I would have spent more mm-hmm. time with my family. Um, wow. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, she says it, but she sure <laughs> loves being on the road. So I don't know if that's just all BS, you know, because she's trying to be right with God. I don't know. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, my, I just want to be, I want to be able to support my family and do what mm-hmm. I love and have peace and serenity and have fun. Yeah. And as long as I got that, I don't really care about the rest. <clears throat> yeah. Because, again, like with what Allison said and all that about going all in and all that, you know, in a job, one of the things I've noticed out there, and I cringe when I see people like on Facebook or if you're talking to somebody, I've seen people, so many people say artists just need a real job, and I cringe at that because I've told people, don't tell an artist they need a real job. They've actually got something better, a passion that they're striving for because, again, they have a real job. In fact, most independent artists, have 20 jobs, you know, to, mm. you know, cause it's, you know, like a Blake Shelton, he can get up there and just sing when you're just making, when you're just trying to make it, you can't get up there and sing. You were every part of the business. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. We must have different so friends. I don't see a lot of that, Chris. <laughs> I think cause most of my friends are in Nashville and they're all working their butts off. So nobody would ever dare put that on a Facebook post. I don't think around, <laughs> Mutual. Yeah. Hold on, babe. I'm doing a podcast. No, babe. Sorry, I got the children of the corn. But uh, yeah, I don't see a lot of that. I mean, I've never heard anybody say it wasn't a real job before. But again, that's just probably difference of yeah. people. I, most of my mutual friends are music world people. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, I just don't. That's funny. Yeah. And, and and of course, that's probably why we're eventually moving to Nashville because we're like, you know, we're down here in Savannah, Georgia. And we're right. and yeah, it's yeah. and it's like almost everybody here is who knows us they, says why are you, you even trying to do this nothing's going to come out of this and nothing that and nothing that all of our, our our all of our Nashville friends are like oh this is awesome just keep going keep going yeah, yeah. we got, we got more, more we got more closeness of friends in Nashville than we do anywhere else and we're like well maybe Dude, God, I've seen some we, of the yeah yeah, yeah. go ahead. Okay. I can't even, go ahead, Chris, we, I don't even know exactly we, what I'm saying. <laughs> like I said, this is just a conversation between a couple people, you know. It, 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 yeah. Whatever happens, happens. You know, it's live, you know, and with the world listening. <laughs> but, yeah, no, But we wanted care. to move to Jacksonville for years, 
And that was kind of where we kind of wanted to move, but I could never create, like, any meaningful friendships. Because we go there a and lot. And we tried, yeah. And, we've been going and there nothing yeah, really seems to click. And then here it is. I, one day I, I, I was sitting down with Sandy, and I told her, I said, you know, we've got – it's crazy. We can't make anything click there. But apparently God has another ideal in mind because we've got all these Nashville friends that that love us. But yet we can't find that yeah. anywhere else. Like may, maybe we're picking the wrong city to move to. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's yeah. a different world here. Y'all come on down. Up. Come on up. We're, we're excited about it. So, yes. It's going to be cool, Sandy. I'm excited for y'all. And, and you know, to I'll tell you about the Nashville that. community, th- th- this is one of my favorite stories from Nashville. This is where it showed me what y'all are really about. Um, about six months ago, I posted on Facebook about um, needing a podcast mic, asking if anybody had an extra one. And um, go now, Savannah, because we do have a lot of Facebook friends on Savannah. And I had a friend of mine from Nashville private message me and say, what's your address? I've got one. I'll send it to you. Oh, cute. I mean, that's one of my favorite Nashville stories, because that that shows me the community in Nashville. Mm -hmm. It's so true. That's so great, Chris. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) <laughs> and now is a great time for a little quick break, commercial break, and then we're going to come back and play your song, Wild Mustang. How's that? And we okay. can talk about that great. song. Okay. Right. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Then I
she's a wild Mustang. She's finding when she's running, she's a wild Mustang. She's finding when she's running, she's a wild Mustang. Really love that song. Yes, thank great song. you. Thanks, guys. So what's the story I behind that? that with, I wrote it with me, Ma, and uh, oh, wow. a, a co-writer oh, awesome. that's out of Muscle Shoals, Mark Narmore, and me and Ma just used to say, you, "We ain't never gonna, you ain't never gonna be tamed, your wild Mustang." And so when it was time to <laughs> cut some yeah. new music, we finished it. Yeah, that's, that's really the song. Cool. That's the story. <laughs> <laughs> quick story and it's like bam there it is yeah um, that's it so because um well, guys, this, one yeah. thing i think yeah because because one thing i know that fans don't really get to hear about you know they see you as the artist or loretta lynn as the artist but they never hear about the people that helps them be who they are because without the team the, uh, the artists can't do what they do so tell us a little bit about the people behind you from your PR company to your manager and other stuff, you know, that help you be who you I, are. Oh gosh. Well, I mean, it's taken a ton of people. Right now I have two or three women that are so good to me. I have my publicist that, um, uh, Jasmine Rochelle that does so much for me. She definitely sets up meetings and makes sure that everything's out there looking good and sounding good and, you know, that the image mm-hmm. matches. And she works for Trey and I, too, and she does so much. We couldn't do anything without her. And then the co-host of my Taste Country Club and everything I do is Barb. Her name's Barb. Her name's actually Sarah Walters. Mm-hmm. But she's my assistant, and she's with me all the time. And my husband does a lot, and... You know, it's we don't need as many people as we used to have. I mean, back yeah. in the day, I had labels and managers. I never want a manager again as long as I live. So, um, <laughs> just we got lots of people, lots of small little yeah. cluster of people. A friend, Rhonda Madison, she helps with the merch, and David Allen. I mean, we just mm-hmm. got people around. So, Colette Cleary runs yeah. our fan club. Go to the Taylor Lynn mm-hmm. Facebook page, the Twitty and Lynn Facebook page. We have a fan club. Go join that. Instagram, Taylor Lynn. Just go check it all out. You know, I remember um, Justin Bieber did a quote recently, and I think it was recently, that I seen that said that what it used to take eight people to do now takes 300. Mm. Well, he on a son, <laughs> he on a different playing level than us. You talk about the Biebs, and then you talk about Loretta Lynn's granddaughter that goes around playing for two or three hundred people sometimes. I mean, so you got a whole different ball game. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but, but that just gives an idea of, of what it takes for y'all, you know, no matter who you are, whether you're at the, his level or you're at your level or whether you're even below your level and what maybe an artist just getting started. It takes a mm-hmm. lot for it all to come together. And I think a lot of people don't under, really understand that. People that's not in the music industry, they don't really get that. But there's a lot involved in music. Right. Yeah, there is. <clears throat> the Beebs explained yep. it. Okay, go on ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we're a family mm-hmm. show, we always bring our eight, eight-year-old. He always likes to ask one question to each artist. Okay. So he's he's gonna get on. Sandy's gonna get him on. But yeah, we he he loves this. Now he comes and goes quick. He's not like me. <laughs> well, that's a whole nother story, Chris. Go ahead. I'm ready. Let me hear. 
All right, he's coming. He was helping his little sister <laughs> get down. God, and he's he's on his way. So he's he's because a great a, big brother. He's such a good help with our one year old. So sweet. Yes, here he is. Uh, hi, Tia. What's your favorite food? Hey, baby. Uh, my favorite food is probably pizza. I love mm. pizza. What's your favorite food? Uh, p- uh, pizza. We're best friends. <laughs> you almost confusing. Yeah, he was like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, cool, honey. He could eat pizza. Okay, for... bye. <laughs> bye, baby. Like I said, he, he comes and goes quick. <laughs> yeah, but he loves that. No, I know. You know? That, I love that. My he... kids are banging down the door right now. I've got them locked outside. <laughs> but yeah, we always said when we launched the show, we wanted to keep it a family-oriented show. In fact, like yeah. when we bring on guys, sometimes I'll ask guys, "What's the craziest thing that's happened?" And which I'll be asking you in a minute. This, what's the craziest thing that's happened on, you know, maybe whether it's on stage or since they've been in music. And I always, for guys, I always say, "And keep it PG." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you better go on and ask me, Chris, because I'm going to have to wrap this up in a second. My husband works from home, and the kids are on top of him. It's go, it's a madhouse. Go on and ask me what you need to ask me, brother. Okay. Oh, we understand. Yes. <laughs> okay. What, so, um, so if you could co-write with anyone dead or alive, who would it be, and and what would you want to write about? Oh, God. Shoot. Mm. I mean, you know what? I love just writing with my grandmother I mean that's probably my favorite thing to do and what would it be about um yeah I love writing about the babies and about the Mm -hmm. I love writing about God you know so to be about that the babies and God and love and light and happiness I'll skip to the last couple questions for you okay um yes now um and I know that this little question I'm about to ask will be probably answered different because of you're in a different position right now. But I, again, I ask everybody this, so I want to ask it, you know, in any way, but um, we interviewed um, Kelsey Ballerini back five years ago, back February, May five years. And to her, where do you want to be in five years? The answer she gave mm-hmm. us is to the T what she's living right now. So it's pretty cool to see that. So where do you want to be in five years? And I like to bring up her and how she's doing because because, again, she's living exactly what she told us she wanted to in five years. Mm-hmm. So where do you want to be in five years if it would for sure happen? I love what I'm doing right now, y'all. I mean, I think it's really important to stay present and and mm-hmm. have goals for yourself. But I love my life right now. I mean, my kids are going to be older. And, of course, I mean, I would love some more cash and for all my debt to be cleared up. Say, <laughs> yeah. Ramsey, what, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um you know, I mean, I'm really happy right now, and I think if I could still be doing music and my social mm-hmm. media was a little bit bigger, so I could stay at home a little bit more, that would be that would be it. You know, for the yeah. I don't know, yeah. have a talk show. Some I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of I tr- I just don't do that as much as I used to do that. Yeah. You know, look too far mm-hmm. ahead because yeah. I'm doing the Eckhart totally meditations right now and you know I'm really the present is all we have and so I really am mm-hmm. trying to embrace that time but I I love 
I love setting goals for myself, but I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just if it's like this, <laughs> but just a little bit, you know, more. I'd yeah. hate for it to be less. <laughs> we definitely <laughs> understand that. Yes, we got we like I, since I'm skipping around, we got two more questions, and then we'll let you go okay. so you can get back to your stuff. Um, if you let's say you had a friend, and I like to get specific. Let's say you had a friend, you heard them sing, and let's say you can tell they got something special. And they've gotten on stage. They've only played 10 or 20 shows, so this would be pre-COVID advice. Um, so they've played 10, 20 shows. But they got on stage, they've looked over the audience, and they've got that music stage bug that every artist says that happens sometime in their career. They come to you, and they say, Taylor, I, I feel like I'm supposed to do this the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Do I think that they do? I think they sound good. Well, are you saying I'm that saying I also probably, think they yeah, have? Yeah, it? I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, I'm saying you you can tell something special about them. You know, I think it's so important to go and play live as much as you can for for at least five years. I think it is important mm-hmm. to get your butt down to the honky tonk and try to open for other huh. artists. And play, play, play. Figure out what your sound really is. Never lose sight of what your gut tells you who you are. Don't let somebody else tell you who you are. Stay in mm-hmm. that. If it means that you're going to lose a million dollars, you're going to be happier with yourself. So there and play. God wants us to be in action and in effort and in prayer mm-hmm. and to follow our heart, which is the whisper of God. So, as you know, that would be my advice. Just keep playing because until you play in front of an audience mm-hmm. I don't care if it's three or three hundred or three thousand you're never gonna really get any better and be as good as you can yeah. be and accept criticism it doesn't mean it has to change you but listen to people yeah. if it's constructive if I yeah. were to listen to my grandmother 20 years ago things would have gone differently mm-hmm. for me but I didn't think she knew what she was talking about which is stupid <laughs> but that's funny. <laughs> you know, listen to people that have gone before you, but don't let them tell you who you are. And I love that last part because um, when we first started this show, um, a friend of mine told me who's from Nashville, I asked him, what advice would you give us as we get the show off the ground? He said, just be and stay authentic. He says, you, he says, you can know every Bobby Bones joke. You can know every Ty Bentley joke. He says, and, and let's say you can even pull it off. And you create an audience around being a, another Bobby Bones instead of being Chris. Is that the day's going to come when, you're off, when authentic Chris comes out? He says, he says mm-hmm. you can't hide that. That day will come. And when that day comes, you'll lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. And I, he says, but if you stay authentic from the beginning, you never have to worry about that because the right audience will come. Even if you grow slower, the right audience will be there. And that's why I do mm-hmm. the show the way we do. This is me. This is my authentic self. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, you got to stay authentic. And Sandy, you're right. <laughs> I'm going to authentically take myself back in here to take care of these kids. Thank you all so much for having me. Okay. Uh, we so appreciate you being on the show today. Yeah, Thank we you definitely for your do. time. This is- and- Thank you so much. This has been so fun, and I'll be thinking about y'all, and thank you for taking time to talk to me, too. And we look forward to come back on you coming back on later down the road. Okay, thanks, y'all. 
Thank you. All right. Thank you. Have a great. Be safe. Bye, y'all. All right. You too. Bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Taylor was really awesome. We got another show coming at you at 2 o'clock, and we'll see you then.